Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 843, 17 before 9, Tommy Tucker, WWL, joined by our friend Dr. Susan Hassig, Associate Professor in the Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. Good morning, Professor. How are you? I'm doing well, Tommy. I hope you are as well. How about that green wave? It's amazing, isn't it? You going to... I, I, it's just stunning. Are you going to <laughs> Dallas or not? No, I'm not going to travel. But it was an amazing day when they won that championship. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll tell you what, if LSU and Tulane had played, I think I would have gone to Dallas to see it. I really do. Um, (laughs) If that was the matchup, I might have seriously I would have. I honestly would have. Tell me about some money that Louisiana is getting for public health infrastructure. First of all, what is public health infrastructure? Well, um, it's it's basically – people first and foremost, and then it's the tools that the people need to wind up protecting the health of the population. So here in Louisiana, um, we have, as public health agencies all around the country, have been stretched and, uh, and strained, not just by the pandemic, but by decades in some cases of underfunding and cutting, because when public health works, It doesn't look like there's a problem. So why do we need to keep funding public health? It's a preventative aspect of health care and health protection. And so there's a lot of work that goes on, you know, monitoring illnesses, monitoring outcomes, maternal child health, for example, things like that, that, you know, then are, are targeted for intervention or change. And it has to be an ongoing process. And when that infrastructure weakens, like our levees, you know, it's a problem. Um, what, what does that look like um, in terms of people or um, the tools to protect the health of the population? Because, uh, like you said, doctor, you don't really realize it's there until it's not uh, or in, until it's not functioning. And constitutionally, as you know better than I um, education and public health, first two things that they look to cut because they can because the money's not, um, I guess, dedicated to that, right? Exactly. Plus, we had at the federal level the sequestration process from the Obama administration when 10% of all the budgets got cut over several years, and that had a devastating impact on the Department of Health and Human Services at the federal level, which funds the CDC, which contributes to funding to the local state and local health departments. So it's been a a chronic problem, 
And, you know, the bottom line is people who work in public health at the state and local level, they are committed to trying to protect the population. So they keep working. So who is that and, and what, what do they do, Doc? For people that don't know about the Department of Public Health, they hear about it, but maybe they don't quite know who they are, what they do. Well, one of the things that they do, and, and this is particularly germane in my training, is to be able to um, prevent a problem, you need to understand what is happening with the population in terms of their health. So what kinds of problems are being experienced by the population? Once you find a problem, then how do we fix it? Is it something that needs to change in the delivery of health care? Do we need to change health education and prevention messaging. You know, during, you know, different times of the year, we hear different things on television. Those just don't spring out of nothing. Um, you know, it's reminding you to, you know, we get a boil water order. <laughs> we need to know what's going on there. We need to check and make sure it's, it's um, again, safe to drink. Um, so when we're thinking about public health, it's, it's kind of keeping track of, what's going wrong in a population, hopefully before it gets really bad. Um, you know, drug addiction, overdose, mental health, uh, infectious diseases, which again is my area, it's everything. And that's all takes people who understand what to look for in those areas and then what to do to, you know, get problems back under control before they wind up having a very broad impact. It's like, you know, the duck on the pond where mm -hmm. it seems like it's moving really smoothly and those those feet underneath are moving a mile a minute. That's kind of what public health is. Things like, for example, Baton Rouge at one time, I presume still is the nation's leader when it comes to AIDS and HIV. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I, I haven't checked the rankings lately, but yeah. But they had a big problem. You know, Let's put it that way. They have a big problem. And the, the challenge is that, you know, how, you know, where is you know, what is driving that problem that we're seeing documented within the healthcare system with people being diagnosed with HIV AIDS? And so how are, you know, is it that we don't have enough messaging about the availability of PrEP or the benefits of getting highly active antiretroviral therapy when you do become diagnosed with an infection with HIV so you don't get sick? And so, you know, the whole idea with public health is preventing things from happening in the first place as well. We're big fans of vaccination, <laughs> we, you know, in the infectious disease realm. But, you know, it's public health that's trying to get people to not smoke and preferably not start smoking. And if you are smoking, to quit smoking. Those are all kind of pieces along the spectrum of prevention of, you know, cardiovascular disease and cancer and all those sorts of things. Public health wants you to not add so much salt to your food so you don't get hypertension. 
public health wants you to, you know, uh, walk more, exercise more. So your bones, your skeleton is stronger and, you know, you've got better control of your weight and your metabolism. Those are all things that public health does. It's, it's, it touches all aspects of our of our lives. It's about information, and when we come back, Doctor, we'll talk about a, a lot of anti-science sentiment that increased during the pandemic. I'm seeing you, you said that in a NOLA.com article, and I think it did, and I think you're right, and part of it is educating the public as to what you can do to stay healthy and what you need to do and how you can avoid it, preventing you from getting sick in the first place. 850, 10 till 9, traffic now on WWL. 856, 4 till 9, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Dr. Susan Hassig, Associate Professor in the Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. Go, doctor, going to your point, things must be going well because we haven't spoken to you in a while, right? <laughs> or people just don't want to talk about it. Well, and you talk uh, yeah. about no, it is. Uh, it's it's true. We are in a much better place with regard to COVID, but influenza is really serious right now, Tommy. And I really hope your listeners have gotten their flu shots and gotten their kids their flu shots because the variant that's circulating in this flu season is the one that makes people sick. There's no really doubt sick. that there has been a lot of anti-science sentiment, and there's no doubt that it is politically driven. So how do you or how is this money going to help the Department of Health overcome that? And I, I just don't know once I don't know if it's been done in the history of the country or not. But once politics and science uh, inter intervene, it never ends well. If you can look at the Corps of Engineers and Levies and we'll talk about coastal restoration and the Mr. Go in the next hour, it just doesn't end well. Um, how, what do you do? Do you go about it? Do you have to try to somehow separate the messages i don't even know how you go about doing it now well i think we're we need to i think as the from a community of public health and the community of science we really need to step back perhaps and reflect a little bit about how we communicate what we understand and what we believe would be you know important things for people to do and perhaps frame it in a way that is um more accessible. I think one of the real challenges we had in COVID really heightened this is science changes as we learn new things. And I don't think we did a good job explaining that. So it seemed like we were, you know, in the political term, flip-flopping. Mm -hmm. We'd say one thing one time and then say something else another time. And and I think that we we didn't do as good a job as we could have in just really articulating the rationale for the change. and um, But I do think the deliberate attempt to derail some of the preventative work in, um, in SARS-CoV-2 COVID was, was really, really problematic. And it wasn't all internal or domestic. Some of it was, you know, international, people trying to mess with us. And I think we just, as a population here in the U.S. and in any country around the world, we just need to be more careful about how we assess information that we may encounter. My father used to think that the National Enquirer always told the truth no. <laughs> because it was printed, mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't. And I think we, we need to perhaps work on you know, better helping people to be more critical assessors of the information, wherever that source may be from. So they they figure out, you know, what is really the truth? Does it align with 
you know, what their their true historical understanding of the way the world works exists. But it's a long haul. It's yeah, th- going to be a lot of work. I think what you're up against is kind of like what we are when a hurricane's coming because everybody wants to know exactly what's going to happen. And, and the answer is we don't know. It's it, There are some we things that know. you know and, and there are other things you don't. Go ahead. And scientists don't like to say we don't know. Right. But sometimes you don't know. You need to. Right. You exactly. need to. Thank you, doctor. You Pleasure as be- always. All right. Thank care. you. You have a good day. All right. Roll wave. Dr. Susan Hasig, Tulane School of Public Health. When we come back, we're going to talk about the damage that Mr. Go has caused. And could Louisiana be getting some help to repair that damage soon? So stay tuned. That's something that is very important to a lot of us, restoring the coast, because otherwise we ain't going to be here anymore, right? Back in a flash, WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.